Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, April 15th, 2023. This is show number 220, April 14th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, what are your thoughts on the three preps last week and the horses that won them? Well, I mean, I, I mean, they obviously they're all in good form heading into the the Derby. But you know, my overall impression is that this seems pretty wide open, and the favorites are going to be pretty soft favorites. And um, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. I think you'll be able to make some legitimate cases for you know, several horses and, you know, the favorites all look like they'll be able to win, but I don't see any of them as a standout. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fun race to talk about and handicap. And um, you're bound to be able to find some value in there somewhere. Um, It's going to be real interesting to me to see how the, how it gets bet this year, because, you know, there's not a standout. So maybe Forte kind of be, by default takes money as the favorite. Um, but I don't think people are going to see him as a standout, but you've got the fact that rich strike won last year at the huge price, which means probably every long shot is going to be over bet. Um, and I'm not sure how that'll impact the odds, um, to, of the other horses. So the odds board is going to be really interesting and hard to predict, I think as well. Um, now I, I, we're we're covering the Lexington today, and I know it's worth some derby points, but I haven't had time to look it up. How many points is the Lexington worth? I think the the winner gets twenty points. I think the only horse in the race that has any chance to make it into the Derby field is Disarm. He's the one who is has forty points right now. He might be able to get in anyway if there were enough, um, you know, horses to pull out. But um, if he wins, he'd definitely be in. So I think none of the others in the race actually have any chance at all to get into the Derby on points. Okay, well, with only three weeks before the Derby, you would think that this race might be upgraded. It might might be worth a few more points because it's the last prep, you know? Yeah, you know, it used to be closer to the Derby. It used to be two weeks out and not very seldom especially in modern times when were horses serious contenders be running in that race but they moved it back to three weeks and um, i kind of agree with you it it seems like if they would bump the points up there might be more horses that are sort of on the bubble that would opt for this last chance to get points so i wouldn't be shocked to see them raise the point total on this race you know, just for that reason 
play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the Tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He was an editor on Public Handicapper for at least 10 years. He's qualified for the NHC two times. He's coming to us from Keeneland, where he is participating in the Grade One Gamble. He's Henry Wessel. <laughs> Henry, well, all right, the dog, back. the dog approves, so that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always good to be on. Nice to be at uh, Keeneland. So hopefully, uh, we get we can pick some winners today for tomorrow. <laughs> all right, there we go. Double Henry. approval. I'm, I'm doing well so far. Uh, Henry, what is what is your uh, what? What is your strategy for the contest tomorrow? Are, are you gonna, are, are you gonna do, you know, are you gonna change it up this time? Like, what's your what what what's your game plan? Well, my normal game plan, which I'll probably stick to, I, I tend to focus on the daily doubles. That's usually where I have the best uh, best opinions and the best options to get uh, a decent amount of money for a smaller base bet. I'm focused on uh, trying to find some winners and some uh, perhaps one or two daily doubles with some longer prices that I can uh, put together for a decent amount and try to cash uh, cash a uh, nice amount on one of those. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it just uh, got to be right two races in a row. So we'll um, hope for that, and hopefully we can get uh, at least a moderate long shot to come in tomorrow. Now, are you thinking that uh, any any doubles might come of uh, the the sequence that we're covering today? Um, yeah, I think the uh, Giants Causeway to five and a half furlong turf race is certainly a uh, candidate for some prices in there. So I think that's a race to focus on where I'll be trying to string together uh, a double on either side of that race. I think the uh, and the ninth race is the Lexington. So the stakes races. I'm usually a better player in the stakes races. So if I can string together a double in those two stakes races, that would be uh, uh, a decent play for me. My girlfriend's dog, Doozy, is here, and she's never been here for a pod, and I, I don't have her here to take her away. So I don't know what to do with her. Hopefully, it won't. Hopefully, it's not too loud. Give her some uh, dog snacks or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her something. Um, why don't you uh, ask Henry a question, and I'll try to give her something. All right. So, Henry, how's the uh, racing been today? Any luck um, at Keeneland? I know you're there. Uh no luck. Today, I actually drove in this morning, played in the smaller contest today, had a long shot that uh, just got nosed out at the wire by a uh, super long shot. So that was um, a bit of a disappointing beat, but um, 
on all the racing, you know, I've watched the first couple of days of the meet here, and it seems it's really hard to pass if you're not uh, close to the pace. So the track doesn't appear to be kind to come from behinders on the dirt, which is pretty much always the case here, but it seems to be uh, more prevalent uh, the first couple of days of the meet. You know, the turf is the turf, but the dirt, it's really tough if you're not up close to the pace. So that's something to keep in mind for the races tomorrow. Yeah, that that's typical of Keeneland. Usually, um, it, it tends to be speed favoring. The turf course tends to favor the horses that can come from from a little farther back. In fact, yeah. right now they're about they're loading for the Modern Games race. You have anything going in here on the? Uh, you can try to beat Modern Games, or you're just watching this one. Uh, just watching this. I thought Modern Games was tough to beat. I, I had a few long shots that would have been live in doubles. I got knocked out on the race before, but, uh, too bad it's such a small field of eight. So it's kind of tough to find anything to string together when you got a two to five shot, uh, in an eight horse field, unless you really like somebody else. But I don't think it's the strongest edition of the Maker's Mark Mile this year. Well, outside the favorite, that's a pretty good having. Well, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's certainly top heavy. You know, the rest of them are, uh, they aren't grade one uh, winners like Modern Games is. I'm, I'm back. Modern Games wins uh, even when you can't bet on them. So. Yeah. Well, right now he's kind of getting a pretty good trip. He's sitting in fourth, got three horses in front of yeah. him um, and the rest of the field behind him and he's got a clear run. So, I mean, if he's ready to run today, he'll probably run them all down. We'll see. Where I, Scott, while yep. you were gone, we were just talking a little bit about this race that's off right now at Keeneland, where Modern Games is trying to make his uh, ni- a 2023 debut uh, winning one. Modern um, Games is under a real ride right now. Yeah, he's still got a lot of, of uh, room to, to make up. Too. Yeah, it looks like he is not going to be even in the money. There, you heard Scott say that. He certainly looks like he's going to have to pick it up quickly here yeah i don't Who, see who's how the, who's the three the three horses Jay pierre the, arno yeah, delacour and flavian uh, pratt and he's huh, winning for fun surprising. man that horse one looked like he looked like modern games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh okay well that was we killed some time there um the one thing you might want to take away from that is that, you know, Charlie Appleby, Godolphin, Buick, they're kind of unbeatable in the U.S. and they lost. And they're going to have a horse in the sequence sequence we talk about today. So, so And maybe. so is Arnold Delacour. De, de um, Delacour, de yeah. Delacour. Um, okay, well, anyway, let's, let's get started. We're doing the pick five at Keeneland. Starting with the seventh race, it is an allowance, a mile and sixteenth on dirt, purse of one hundred ten thousand for four year olds and up. And Henry, you you are our guest, and so therefore you get us started. All right, so we got a uh, field of eight here, going the uh, lovely distance of a mile and sixteenth, where I think they finish at the early finish line. Um, Barber Road figures to take a lot of money. He's two for fourteen. He hasn't won in a long time. He looks on paper like he should win, but he's really tough to bet on. So horse I landed on was graphic detail, a two horse. 
he's been uh, running that turfway over the winter. Um, pretty consistent sort. He's uh, relatively near the pace, which I think you have to be here at Kima. You got to be somewhat close to the pace. Um, comes out of a race where mischievous rogue uh, won a, a turf uh, race last weekend here at, on opening weekend at Keeneland. So that race um, provided a next out winner. Um, I think at the morning line of four to one graphic detail um, offers an alternative to the favorite that um, is likely going to be over bet and hasn't won in a few years to say the least. So um, my pick would be graphic detail in the seventh at Keeneland. And um, if you're playing the pick five, you might need to use a couple more, but I'll let you guys speak to who else you think uh, has a chance in there. Scott, I think you might be on mute or you're chasing yeah, the dog around. I was, <laughs> I, I, was, I was on mute. Yes. Uh, I was saying graphic detail, one for eight lifetime, and that was his debut race. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I I think the morning line uh, in this race, at least on one horse, is probably pretty far off, and that's the four-horse Principe Gioro. I don't think that horse will be anything near six to one. I think it's more likely to be the favorite or close to it. Um, you know, probably like five to two. Uh, he's Irad and Pletcher, and he looks like he could clear and be lone speed. So I, I think he's dangerous, but I think he'll be a much lower price. So if you're getting excited about not you, but if somebody out there is getting excited about that horse at six to one, I would wouldn't count on that at post time. That's so that's my first note. Uh, there isn't a lot of speed. He could clear. Um, he's dangerous. I I really didn't like much at all in this race. So I just ended up landing on the eight horse master game who since he was claimed and they stretched him out to, uh, you know, route races, he's ran two really good races in a row and, um, and it gets Luis Saez. I don't like the post so much, but there isn't much speed in here. And it seems like with an aggressive rider like Saez, he ought to be able to get him over and maybe just uh, be in like a stocking position, second or third behind the four. He's seven to two on the morning line. For me, that's kind of like fair value, but I'm thinking maybe if they, if I'm right about Principe Dioro and they, and, and Henry's right that Barbaro takes money, you know, maybe you get a, that horse could float up a little bit above seven to two. So I'm going to go with master game, but I don't like this race. I don't see a lot of value in here and it is kind of hard to, to go skinny in this leg. Um, so this you know, and a couple other legs of this pick five might keep me out of playing the pick five this week. Ooh, uh, that's painful. But um, I agree with you. The This race, you got to kind of go deep in. I'm using both of your horses. However, I've got a different horse on top, and that is husband material. He was fast as a two-year-old, but something must have happened. He was off for more than a year. In his comeback, he's run two turf races. And in his last, he was pinballed after the start and still made a respectable run. He has no turf pedigree on the dam side. So he really should improve coming back to dirt. It's his third off a layoff. Um, you know, <clears throat> the number came up okay on the turf. Not as good as his two-year-old dirt race. But, um, you know, getting there and he's he's had time to train since then. 
So, so he's my top pick, but I'll also be using graphic detail and master game. And also Tipo, who was solid as a three-year-old and making his four-year-old debut, could run a big one uh, based on his best workout coming into this race. Henry, jump in. You said you had a few other thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys mentioned the other contenders. I think Master Game is certainly a uh, contender to get to uh, rail in the lead from the outside. Saez does a good job of doing that, and I agree that Principe Dioro um, likely will not be 6-1. to one. Um, He just kind of runs by appointment only, so that might be uh, a reason to shy away from him a bit. And the only thing I would add on this race is York Tavern, I think is named after the York Tavern, which is near a uh, where I used to work a long time ago in Oakbrook, Illinois. It's a bar there. So, but uh, I think he may be overmatched in here. But it's a nice place to eat and drink. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, we kind of covered most of the horses. The only thing I would maybe say is the horse um, that you like, Scott, that big two-year-old race was on a, a wet, fast track. And that makes me, you know, other than that, I don't know. I just don't know how good that horse really is. I kind of like the form and the fact it's going back on dirt here. I just don't know if I trust the figure earned on that wet fast track. Um, that's the only comment I would make on that. <laughs> you don't trust the figure in, the, in that three horse race? One by 20, <laughs> 20 likes. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I agree. And, and look, uh, I, I, you know, first I landed on graphic detail and, uh, and, but you know, with the four to one morning line, and I, I think it'll probably be a little higher than that. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to make it my topic, but, but I'm also not putting any money to win on puzzle material. So, so I'll, you know, I'll be using those four, uh, assuming I play the pick five. Yeah, and you're getting a big, big price. It's just, you know, and his last race wasn't that bad. I mean, if he improves off that, he has a chance. So I, I'm not saying, I just, I wouldn't put too much stock in the actual number that he got as a two-year-old. It's all just because, like you said, not only was it wet fast, but it was a huge margin of victory in a small field. I mean, it's the kind of n figure that, you know, has big error bounds around it. Right. <clears throat> um, you know, so I agree with that, but at the same time, you know, he's going to be a price and, and he really was pinballed in that last race. Um, so yeah, uh, whenever horses are pinballed, like I, I almost always want to play them back if they're, if they're contending, you know, in any other way. There you got the, the new, the, the pinball angle. I like that. The, the pinball wizard angle. Yeah. And he's got, you know, they go, they switch surfaces third off the layoff and blinkers on. So to me, those are all positives. You know, I, I'm not trying to knock the horse as a price. He's definitely one. I was just making a point. I always like to point out that, um, you know, these speed figures, some are more reliable than others. To me, you know, on a scale of one to 10, 10 the best, one the worst. This one probably I put put a, like two or a three on that scale. That's all. That one, that one number we talked about. That, it's not necessarily to knock this horse, but just kind of a just a point I wanted to make in general. Don't single him. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, yeah, if you if you single him and hit him, boy, then all of a sudden you've got an interesting pick five. Um, 
So I would never, uh, I wouldn't single him, but I, I certainly he's one I could use in verticals for sure if you're going to play this race. Okay, well, I think we've sliced and diced that one enough. Let's go to the eighth race. It's the Giants Causeway, five and a half furlongs on turf. Purse of 250000 for Phillies Mayors, three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this is a fun race. I mean, Henry kind of hinted at it. This is the kind of race, you you know, big field, turf sprint that you think could produce a price. And it's got a couple Wesley Ward runners in here that typically his horses, especially the turf sprinters at Keeneland, take money. So, um even though there's nobody that in the morning line favorites only four to one, you know, I think the, the ward horses might take money, especially the other one, the 10 twilight gleaming. And cause you know, that one's got IRAD as well. So uh, I, um, I kind of like this race because I think those two are certainly beatable. And, you know, one thing I'll mention, I've sort of said this before, but these are great examples of are these, these fillies, a lot of times the fast sprinter types, they, um, you know, they run fast as two-year-olds, but they never really get much faster as a three-year-old or even as a four-year-old if they continue to race, especially from Wesley Ward, who typically, you know, he's a win early trainer. And his greatest success has been with two-year-olds early in the year. They come out running and you know, they're kind of fully formed and he, any kind of goes after horses that that are early matures precocious types and so both of these i think fit that mold they both are pretty consistent and run their races but i would be surprised if they run much better than they've ever run before and their best races in the past could win but they don't really uh scare you away in here so there's several options uh i think i'm guessing we might all have different horses in here um uh, there's several I'm interested in, but the one I chose for the pod is the seven horse opening buzz. Uh, this horse is kind of interesting because its turf debut was a really big win at Del Mar. And that, you know, it's by far the best race of its life at that time. And it had one start on synth and one start on dirt, but uh, it got on the turf and it ran a really big race. Um, and since then, Jonathan Wong, who has a lot of success in California, I think he's got a small stable going in the Midwest. And this, he brought this horse east. And it has run really well on the scent. It's only, you know, not good race was when they tried to stretch it out and, it, and they tried to rate it and it, it didn't like it at all. Um, kind of fought the rider, but its sprints on its form are all good. And it's not just a synth horse. You know, it ran that big race at Del Mar on the turf. And, you know, it's it's good enough to beat Twilight Gleaming, even if Twilight Gleaming runs, you know, what it was running last year. So at 15 to 1 on the morning line, I'm not sure you'll get that. But, you know, you'll probably get a solid price. I really like the seven horse opening buzz. Opening buzz, five for eight, lifetime. Chris, I mean, uh, Henry, what are you thinking? Well, I agree with Chris. Opening buzz, I thought it was a live Wong shot. And I think Jonathan Wong has actually moved most of his stable east. I think he's kind of exited California because he couldn't handle the uh, 
rising costs out there. And um, he did hit with a 48 to one shot today in the in the eighth race here at Keeneland, which uh, actually knows out my pick. So um, he's uh, he did win today, so that's probably a good sign. Uh, horse I landed on top though. Um, I thought Amy C, also another horse um, based in the West Coast. I thought she had a pretty good chance in here. She's six to one, five for ten lifetime. Um, raced the last couple at Santa Anita, been off since January. I think she's got uh, enough speed to be relatively close, but enough uh, of a late closing kick to uh, hopefully power on by in the stretch. Um, might be a little short for her, but um, I'm hoping that she can get it done at five and a half in the Giants Causeway, which was named after a uh, great European turf sprinter. Which I don't think Giants Causeway ever ran a turf sprint, but anyways. Um, okay, well, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the, the four horse Uvra, who is. 10 for 16 lifetime, four for six on the turf, never been out of the money on the turf. Um, has speed, but doesn't need a lead. She proved that in her last where she took a while to get to the lead from the inside. <clears throat> she won that race handily, galloped out well. Now has nearly two months rest into this. The trainer's hot, Chris Block. I think she should prove a tough customer, and um, I, I'm not sure if I'll get that nine to two. But there are those two ward horses, and um, uh, yeah, I, th I think I think I think she's she's the most likely winner of this race, just because she's she's just so good and consistent and improving every race, um, but without like having a blockbuster race. So Uber uh, for me, but uh, I did have as my second pick opening buzz. So. So I, I, I like both of them, and I'm not sure what else to do in that race, but those two for sure. Yeah, Oprah, I thought, would be the favorite. I mean, she's on like a five or six race winning streak. So I wouldn't be shocked if she is the favorite, but you know, I, you know, I don't know. I think she'll buy for favoritism with with the war, probably Twilight Gleaming. Um I just don't know what the that price is going to be. I'm guessing you'll, it'll be a little less than nine to two, but I don't think they're going to, you know, make it a big heavy favorite. But I mean, that horse is a win machine. I I just don't see how it goes off at at much of a price in here. Amy C, you you it didn't, you know, you you said maybe she needs a little shorter, but I mean, she's never lost sprinting a little longer the turf. Yeah, right. but it's down the hill. Um, and she, this was sort of a plan B for her. She was in a race last week, the last minute Santa Anita took everything off the turf, which ended up costing me some money. But, um, so they just said, they looked around for a plan B and this is where they ended up. Um, so I don't, you know, I think they probably don't know if what's going to happen at five and a half, but she certainly can run down that hill. Um. And, you know, I, it's kind of hard to tell how they'll bet that horse, right, as well. So I agree with both of you that those two are certainly candidates to potentially beat the Ward horses. The one other price horse that I liked, and I was contemplating making it my pick be just based on price, is the six-horse Manown, who... If you watch her U.S. debut a couple years back, man, it was just monstrous kick that she showed. And then after that, they tried her going long, and 
didn't work out so well and she ended up going on the shelf and she came back sprinting, which is kind of where it looks like she wants to be as a four-year-old, but she never really ran a good race. Well, she ran okay, but she only got three races in before she went on the shelf again. So I think something was a little off. Um, and now they came back with a prep at Gulfstream going five furlongs on the Gulfstream turf near the end of the meet. And, you know, with her style, that was no way she was going to win that, but she did show a little close and it was probably a really good tightener for her. And she probably has the best kick of the field. Um, so if she gets any kind of setup in a clean trip, uh, you know, she could run a big race and she's 30 to one. And uh, like I said, if she can reproduce that form she showed in her U.S. debut uh, here, second off a layoff as a five-year-old, you know, she could run a monster race. So that's the kind of horse that could really juice everything up, you know, in the verticals and in the horizontal. So um, if I didn't like opening buzz so much and she wasn't a big price in the morning line, Manon would be my horse in here. And those two I'm going to play and I'll probably play verticals keen around those trying to beat, you know, the ward horses, maybe use the ones you guys talked about is if they don't get bet. Um, so you know, even if I don't play the pick five, I like this race as a betting race for sure. So, uh, so speaking of the ward horses, uh, you know, they both look like, they look like if they're on, if they're ready, either one of them is capable. If they improve from their three-year-old year, either one of them could pop and, um, and run well here. And neither of them is going to be under three to one. So uh, I'm, I'm a little... I'm a little bit hesitant to just toss them. I I I haven't I haven't stru- tried to structure a pick five ticket yet, but um, I'm just wondering if there's any value in still using them somehow. Well, look at it this way. Um, first of all, I think Twilight Gleaming will probably be like five to two. That's my guess. I think the one that might stay at the price or go up would be Happy Soul. I think. Twilight Gleaming is going to be the favorite, but we'll see. Um, but the other thing is you said, well, if she improves off her three-year-old form, well, she ran, the what she ran in April was what she ran in October as a three-year-old. So why would she improve as a four-year-old um, if she didn't improve at all over six months, pretty lightly raced? You know, why is she now all of a sudden going to improve as a four-year-old? There's really no reason to think she will, and she's going to be the favorite or, or, you know, really, I don't know who would be favored over her, possibly, you know, uh, you're over, but I got to believe that Twilight Cream is a favorite. So, I mean, to me, it's a Wesley Ward horse, you know, it's the kind, his horses, these are the kind of horses, Phillies, sprinters on the turf that just don't typically improve much. And, and, you know, I, that, that's why, you know, that's just my thinking, uh, you know, why take a short price on that? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to look, you know, take a good hard look. I mean, Twilight Gleaming, uh, uh, it's, it's a pretty good horse. Um, I don't know. 
Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. But. The one horse we haven't mentioned that if you if you want to take a shorter price would be that we haven't mentioned that certainly a contender is, you know, the horse on the outside, Star Divine. You know, she's certainly capable of winning this race. I That's one where I think six to one, it, she's not going to be six to one, I don't think. She's one that'll take more money. But, you know, off of her last race, there's no reason why she couldn't, you know, win this if she fires fresh. So that's yet, a, yet another contender in a very contentious race. Um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, the, the other horse I was looking at, I, I forgot about. Um, I, 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 <clears throat> I have a note here to watch her last race, and that was Little Jewel, who's in the 11 post. Um, pretty, pretty deft horse, and she got a great trip in her last winning, going from a maiden to a stakes, winning that. And um, she won it really well. And I would not, I, I'd say after having watched that race, I, I want to use this horse, Little Jewel. Um, there could be a lot of speed in this race. You know, it doesn't come up as a, a time form, fast paced projection, but um but I think he still could be. I think it, it, it could happen. Twilight Gleaming has speed. Happy Soul has speed. Uvra has speed. Um, there's some other horses that have speed. And Little Jewel, you know, she's improved every race, and she's 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 still a five year old. I mean, so she's you know maybe she's running as fast as she can, but she so far has shown upside in every race. So. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to put her in there because I that that was like the last replay I watched before the pod and I had forgotten about it. But um, well, what do you guys think about Little Jewel? Well, she's got upside. The thing about it, if you watch the replay, is she's not going to get that trip tomorrow. She got like a golden up, got found a hole up the rail trip in that race, and you know she's now she's breaking from the outside, so. Uh, you know, I don't know. She certainly it looks like she could improve, but she's probably going to have to be significantly best because I just don't know how she's going to get anything other than a three or four wide trip in here, or just get really lucky if it, if well, somehow Castellano tries to duck inside with her. Yeah, I, I think there's a good chance that he does that, and he's going to try to save some ground with her because she's a closer, so she doesn't have to be three or four wide. But you know, Henry, anything else? Oh, oh, sorry. You, I mean, you're you're right that like if she does duck inside, then she's gonna she's gonna risk, you know, not not being able to get out. No, I don't really have anything else. I mean, I think I'm. My plan is to go against the ward horses and seek a price in here, just because I mean the ward horses can win. I just think he gets over bet here, and I, I agree with Chris where they're. Um, they don't stand above any of these other horses that look like they have a shot to. So between uh, ABC and opening buzz, those are my, uh, I think they both have uh, pretty good chances in here. Okay, let's move on to the ninth race. It is the Lexington Stakes, a mile and a 16th on dirt, purse of 400,004, three-year-olds. Henry, where are you at? All right, so this is the last uh, Derby points race, which I think the only uh, horse in here that has a, 
any chance of getting in the Derby is Disarm, who they're going to run in here to try to uh, solidify or move up his points position to get him in the Derby. So um, horse I landed on in here is uh, likely going to take a lot of money, may or may not be the favorites, and that's first mission. Um, I thought his debut at the fairgrounds was a pretty good effort where he was uh, running late and just needed uh, the additional distance, which he got in his second start, which he ran with uh, or won with relative ease, pulling off to draw or drawn off by six and three quarters. So um, he actually beat a horse that runs in about five minutes or a Keeneland. So if you see how the runner up St. John's did in that race, um, before you watch this race tomorrow, you might get an idea of maybe how good that uh, field first mission beat was. But I think he's definitely going to benefit um, going a mile on the 16th. I think uh, Saez knows enough to keep him relatively close on a track that favors uh, horses that are at or near the pace. So I think uh, he should have him in a nice position. He may not be a Big price in here, but I think if I can key him with a couple of the uh, longer shots in the race before in the daily double, uh, that will be my play in here. Okay, first mission. Um, uh, well bet in its last race and will possibly will be close to the favorite in this race. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah, you, you know, disarm would seem to be the favorite, but there are like three horses, including first mission that have really good connections and shown talent with lots of upside, which is kind of why disarms, not the morning line favorite. Although I'm not sure he won't end up going off his favorite. Yeah. I thought his last race was much better than it looked. He had no chance with the, the crawling pace they had. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he is the one to beat, but he's not going to be value. Henry's horses, I'm glad he picked that one because that's one of the three kind of upside horses. And I'm I'm gonna go with another the the other Brad Cox in here because I think you know you're getting twice the price on the morning line. I think it probably will be twice the price. And there's an interesting angle um that I'll talk about that makes me think, you know, you can make a case that Demolition Duke is as good or maybe even better than first mission, although you know they're both gonna get better um, probably in this race and going forward. But there's actually a barometer you can use to compare the two. Um, in that first race that Henry mentioned where first mission ran well, um, probably uh, you know kind of looked like it needed longer ground, but in that race, it lost to another Brad Cox horse. You know, he's got about 50 of them that broke their maiden at fairgrounds this year. And that was Bishop's Bay, who's highly regarded horse. And he ran a good race and just couldn't catch Bishop's Bay, got beat three quarters of a length. And like Henry said, came after that, then stretched out and won. But uh, if you look at Demolition Duke, uh, his debut, and he didn't really take much money. I mean, for a Brad Cox first time start, he went off at five to one. At, but he erred, he kind of won easily by three looking like a horse that wanted to go longer. And then um, he, in his second start, which is against winners, which, um, you know, first mission hasn't faced winners yet. He ends up in a race with none other than Bishop's Bay. And again, he kind of doesn't get bad. All the money's on Bishop's Bay. And he broke poorly, had to kind of rush up 
was hung really wide on the first turn. They crawled on the front end. Bishop's Bay got a dream trip. And um, he and uh, Demolition Duke had to go wide on the second turn. By the time they straightened out, you know, he was like several lengths behind, uh, you know, Bishop's Bay, who still had lots of horse left. But even so, he just kept closing that gap and almost got there, got beat in neck. But, you know, not, not surprisingly, Bishop Bay had a little bit left in the tank after the trip he had. But I thought that was a great effort. Um, and he, you can kind of see why he gets ignored. He's sort of a little horse. He doesn't look real impressive physically. And he hasn't really taken money before. So I'm thinking he won't take money again. And I, you know, I could say, you know, he ran probably a better race than Bishop's Bay and, and could have beat him. So, you know, when I compare him using that common measuring stick to the likely favorite or second favorite first mission, I think, man, I'll take Demolition Duke, you know, he's, and he gets Flavian Pratt. So she'll get a good trip through the inside. The problem is he does, you know, the pace projector on time form has him way back, but that was be mainly because that last race, the pace was so slow. Um, it, it, everybody was far back. So I don't think he's going to be in miles behind in here. Uh, I think he'll be within striking range and there does seem to be ample speed in here and so you know i'm gonna go with him as from a price standpoint um to beat his stable mate and disarm and a couple other contenders in here that maybe scott's on one of those or we'll talk about that later <clears throat> well you guys picked my two horses i did land on first mission as my first pick just because i i looked at that race and he just he he just you know, it was his first race going two turns and he he won it easily even though he regressed from his first number <clears throat> and that's actually what i want to see i kind of want to see when a horse goes two turns for the first time i want i want them to feel it and react a little bit and then and then when they do uh when they go two turns a second time they're going to improve and <clears throat> you know Demolition Duke is also going to do that. And in fact, he chased a CFR on racing flow of three, the closer favorability rating. So, so he, he, he gets upgraded in this race. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I sort of, I like them equally, you know, um, I just picked first mission on top just cause, it, uh, I had to pick one, but, um, and 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 I watched that race, and I I just liked the way he looked so much. He galloped out well as well. Um, those are my two. Do you really like them equally, as in chances of winning? I do. I do like them equally, as in ch in, in their chances of winning. Maybe you know, a little bit more first mission. I was going to say, how could you possibly pick first mission if you like them equally and one's likely to be twice the price? Yeah, well, so the, the, the difference is that first mission ran faster in his sprint debut than uh, Demolition Duke and then reacted and you know, sort of um, eased up a little bit on his figure going two turns for the first time. And I, I like that. I like that angle better. So I, I think he's more likely to, to run his fastest number. <clears throat> um, than Demolition Duke. 
So, so you like him better then? You so like I do like him better. I do like him okay. better. I just, initially, I was just trying. Yeah, I know. Devil's advocate. Uh, initially, I picked Demolition Duke. Um, I, I I had him on on top, mainly because of the value. And then I said, yeah, but I I I really liked First Mission. The way I, I like his pattern a little bit better. So. So there you go. But I'll have and them both. For what it's worth, St. John's is running up the track right now at Keeneland, the horse that first mission just beat. <laughs> he's like yeah, 20 he lengths back. He, doesn't he's not, he's not, he, didn't, he didn't raise a hoof. So he didn't beat much in well, that race. Put it that way. He, he, did it, he did it easily, yeah. but he didn't beat much. Yeah. Right. He didn't beat much. Yeah, I, saw, Chris, I, I agree with you comparing... Comparing Demolition Duke and First Mission is a worthwhile exercise. Um, the only thing that separates a little bit is that um, they both face Bishop's Bay, but at different distances. So I think that, I mean, First Mission doesn't necessarily get downgraded for losing to Bishop's Bay in a sprint when depending on whether you think Bishop's Bay is better in a sprint or a route. So like it, it can be, um, it, it's not necessarily a deciding factor for either one, it, it, but it's a worthwhile to compare the two certainly facing. He's certainly a quality horse. Um, and they both lost to him by less than a length, although it was only a neck for demolition Duke. So, but it, it's, um, Certainly, when you when you it, look at the odds, if you would uh, look at them, if you rate them equally, you certainly would take the higher odds. But uh, I think I'm. Yeah, the other thing. Um. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just say the other thing. I just would point out those Bishop's Bay had a much, much, much better trip than Demolition Duke did when they ran against each other. I mean, Bishop's Bay had a dream run perfect trip and demolition duke had a really bad trip like scott said against a tough incredibly slow pace hung wide both terms i mean uh, that that's a, i would factor that in as well um and so i mean i'm right, not I, saying I think, necessarily I, I, that demolition duke is better than first mission i don't know who's better right now but i don't know who's better right. and i think they're about you have to rate them about the same and when you're getting twice the price on one, it's a no-brainer for me who you would play. That's what that's the way I look at it. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. And you know, I'm not betting it to win. So, so a, cu a couple other horses just to mention in here. Um, first of all, Arabian Lion, the Baffert horse. I don't get it why he's in this race. I mean, he's been screaming, cut back, cut back, cut back. I, I just can't believe they keep running him around two turns. I mean, he's by Justify, who has not had very many good route horses, and he showed brilliance as a sprinter. Um, I just really don't get why he's in here. I expect to see him, you know, in, in one-turn races. But, you know, it is Baffert, and he's got speed. But I think if anything else, if nothing, he's going to make the pace honest. Unless they do something weird, like try to raid him or something, maybe that's what they'll do in here as an experiment. I don't know, but I don't like him. Uh, and uh, the other eight horse, Empire Strikes Fast, that horse had a nice maiden win. For Bill Mott, you know, who's 
horses that went on debut are usually pretty good. So uh, he could be any kind. You know, he's kind of another wild card in here. I don't know how much money he'll take, but, you know, he's got good connections. And he, he the horse he beat came back and ran third in the wood. So that horse was pretty good. Um, you know, dreamlike, I think that was the horse. So that's just another one oh, yeah. of these these horses with the, you know, upside that you don't know how good they are, um, but they might might run big in here. Yeah, Empire Strikes Fast. I, I, I'm really, <clears throat> I forgot about him. Um, the main reason I forgot about him is because he's only four to one morning line. <clears throat> um, and maybe he'll go off that low. But um, yeah, he looked really impressive in that race. There was no way Dreamlike was getting by him. Uh, so he, he, uh, he, he could improve off that race. Okay. With a lack of commentary, I will go on to the 10th race, the Jenny Wiley Stakes. A mile and a 16th on turf, purse of 600000 for Phillies mares, four-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this race, um, not a good betting race. I, I, you know, in Italian, I've always been a fan. Somehow I actually got this horse at a decent price a couple times last year, even though it's, you know, it's a Chad Brown horse. Um, you know, she's going to go to the front and probably win this, but it is first off the layoff, although it is a grade one at Keeneland for 600,000. So I'm guessing this is not like a prep for something. Uh, you know, this is about as good as it gets for, uh, you know, the older mares on the turf, except for the Breeders' Cup. So, she should be ready. And then you've got, you know, the Appleby, Godolphin, Buick horse with the moonlight, who's in good form, having won a couple races impressively in Dubai. Um, and those guys, you know, they, they win at like a 50% clip, although they did just get upset um, when, you know, we just talked about that at the start of the pod with modern games. So, but those two seem like the best horses. Uh, you might be able to make a case for a couple others. Um, but this is another race that's kind of making me not want to play the pick five. Uh, if I have to pick one for the pod, you know, I'll just go with in Italian, but she's going to be like four to five. So I would never better. Um, uh, but I just don't really like much else in here. Uh, there's one long shot. I could maybe get myself to tout, but I'm just going to keep it simple and be boring and chalky. All right, well, I will add to the um, unappealing nature of this race by letting you know that the seven and the eight, Henrietta Topham and Freedom Speaks, are both entered in a six-runner allowance race on Sunday. So this may be a field of seven um, come tomorrow with those two being uh, entered to run on Sunday. So um, I think in Italian certainly stands out in here. Um I would be a little bit against with the moonlight. I'm not sure. She's raced a couple of times in Dubai this year. I don't think she faced much over there. A lot of times it's uh the dolphin has half the field or more in some of those turf races. Um, she obviously won both. So she, she can, I mean, she's a quality horse, but she didn't uh, like the world on fire last year at Saratoga in those um, three-year-old turf races. She 
ran in all three and won one of the three. So I think she's going to get over bet. Um, if you ever wanted a cold exacta play, it might be the in Italian over Queen Goddess exacta, and the, maybe it pays six or eight dollars if you're lucky, and that might be the uh, way to extract some value out of this race. Well, right, I was I, I was talking in between races, and then uh, Henry started <laughs> talking, and I realized I was on mute. Um, he covered for you, nicely done, Henry. That was very smooth. <laughs> now it's interesting. Uh, in Italian, is five for nine lifetime. Queen Goddess is also five for nine on turf, and she's six for eleven lifetime. Um, I my pick is Queen Goddess. Uh, I think that in Italian is going to get absolutely crushed and Queen Goddess has improved every race. Now is plenty of time into this race uh, off her biggest win at Gulfstream. She proves she can ship and win in her last. She should get a nice stocking trip right off of in Italian. And um, I mean, to me, maybe the, the way to play this pick five is just single Queen Goddess. All right. Well, you and Henry have a much stronger opinion than I do in this race. So go for it. Okay. All right. Great. Well, let's go to the last race of the sequence. It is an allowance optional claiming. Six and a half furlongs on dirt, purse of 120,000 for Felix Mares, four year olds and up. Henry, what do you got? All right. Looks like we got a big field here going in the last race. So, um, the favorite looks like it's going to take a lot of money is Tarabi on the outside with uh, Saez, who's making her first start since uh, last September. So I think she's the one to beat, but the horse I'm interested in the most is Awesome Treat, which is the eight horse. Um, coming in in some pretty consistent form, running at Turfway and Woodbine is a uh, done a lot of her racing on synthetic, um, but she has been uh, close to the pace in her last few. Um, showed a decent uh, weight running line so she can uh, finish. I'm not too familiar with the connections, but for some reason, the Tory's name to ride this horse, which I don't always make a lot about when a jockey sticks around to ride the last race, but this one seems maybe there's a reason he's on this horse or maybe the trainer owners think this horse is alive. Maybe the owners own some horses somewhere else that he's ridden before or something, but in any event, he sticks around. She's eight to one. I think she's the alternative to Tarabi I would use in here. I think um, Tarabi is the most likely winner, but at eight to one, they get that an awesome treat. That's the horse I would use in here. Okay. Awesome treat. Uh, a lot of synthetic races and um... Maybe she'll polypop. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I, I think it's kind of interesting that um, just a, a, a useless factoid that um, Awesome Treat has run more times in the last six months than Tarabi has run in her entire career. <laughs> just, I don't know, make of that, of that what you want. Um, but I do like, I like this race because of Tarabi because and she is going to be a big favorite, right? She's going to be probably odds on. And she's a great example of what I was talking about in the Wesley Ward races, where these Philly sprinters are good, but they just don't get better. 
and you know she i expect her to run well because she always runs well um even though it's a layoff um but i don't expect her to run faster than she's ever run before and what she's run in the past isn't really any faster than quite a few others in here so that's the kind of favorite i want to beat and that's the kind of favorite you know i'll try to beat in here and uh i think there's several prize horses that could beat her. So this one, I'm really kind of looking at verticals again, you know, looking at exactas and tries, but on the win end, there's some candidates. I I had to kind of think this one over quite a bit on who I would go with and for the pod pick. And I landed on my Kentucky girl, a, another Jonathan Wong horse. So there is a little bit of a theme going here for me in this sequence um you know to me this horse's sprint races are just really really good i mean at the beginning of her career she really looked good sprinting on dirt and then they tried her a couple turf routes for some reason uh that was disastrous but once they got her back on the dirt sprint again she was great in fact she romped at keeneland the last time she ran here and then What's great about her form is that she's been muddied up with a a tough trip poly synth race at or synth race at Turfway and then a, a race on an off sloppy track where she just didn't like it. Um, so that really muddies her form up. And if you throw in those turf routes, you know, four of her last six races have been terrible, but with legit excuses and all of her dirt sprints on fast tracks have been great. And hopefully she gets a fast track in here. And Wong, uh, you know, like Henry said, I didn't know that, but he had just won. I guess he had beaten Henry's horse at a price already. And he and this jockey, of, you know, uh, at the jockey in the last race, the jockey in this race, he's won before with. So I think she's a really live horse. I'm just a little bit worried about the price, but I'm thinking – the way people play, you know, horses off their last race or two, that this horse might be 10 to 1. So I like my Kentucky girl quite a bit. There's several others in here I like quite a bit. I think it's a really good betting race. Going to try to beat the favorite. I think uh, my Kentucky girl, who I'm also picking, I think she'll be more like 8 to 1. Uh, if if we're lucky, 8 to 1. Um, and the reason why I say if we're lucky, because... Um, those computers have to know that, like, when this horse is on a sprinting on a fast track, it's fast. It's it's probably faster than any of these horses, and um, it's gonna get bet. I mean, it's just the the computers are gonna bet a horse with these kind of figures. I uh, the muddy the muddied form, yeah, uh, that that's gonna that's what's gonna keep us as high as eight to one, I think. So so I, I'm I'm with you on my Kentucky girl. The other horse that I will use for sure, and I'm not sure if I'll use any more, but um, I will use Overcharged. She runs fastest. She's, you know, in general, she's the fastest horse here. Her last will make people pass her up, but she was due for a clunker. She ran a lot of fast races. <clears throat> she has speed. She can either wire them or sit just off the pace. Um, one reason why I, I wouldn't pick her on top is because um, I, I don't know if she can get the distance. She's been running a lot of five furlong races. So, um, and I think the one time she went over six furlongs, she lost. 
So that would be my worry, but she is 15 to one morning line. So I got to use her. Henry, jump in. Um, I also, I think overcharged at 15 to one is certainly a worthwhile look in, in here. She's got the uh, early speed. Um, you know, she's eight out of 10. She definitely has a chance in here. Um, only question would be is how much other early speed is in her that may uh, cause problems if Top Gun Girl goes as well and maybe some others like Muted or um, if there's a, a lot of horses going for the lead it may set up for someone from off the pace. But, you know, sometimes at Keeneland, if you get to the front, no matter how many other people are with you, you stay in the front. So um, certainly overcharge would be one uh, I would keep my eye on too. Yeah, um, you know, the, and you hinted at the one potential concern with my Kentucky girl is she isn't one that's going to be forwardly placed. So she's going to need some, you know, some setup. So, that, you know, she's got to hope that there's a pretty solid early pace. I would think with this big field and, you know, some of the speed horses in here that she should get that pace. But, um, you know, you always have to work a trip. And you know that's sort of the the one little downside there. The other horse I like quite a bit, and I agree with Scott and overcharge. I mean, the horse is a wind machine, right? I mean, that <laughs> she didn't run that well last time, but look at like before that, I think she had won six or seven in a row. Um, so you know, I, I don't know how you could leave her out if she's anything close to fifteen to one, and how you'd leave her out of like if you're playing exactas and tries and anything. But the other horse I kind of like on the win end is uh, Ironic Twist, the four. This horse has clearly gotten physical issues. Um, and, you know, had, it's only started three times. Two of those were out in California. Actually, they're all out in California, but two didn't get to race until she was a four-year-old. Only had two starts. Both were good efforts. And then she was off for another year, and she had another race where uh, you know, I thought it was a pretty good comeback effort after that long layoff. Um, those were some good horses like Adair Manor in there. And um, she just got a little tired late, going seven furlongs, now a little bit shorter. And, you know, maybe a little softer competition. Uh, you know, I, I'm always okay with playing California shippers, you know, dirt sprinters um, heading I think the fact that they brought her to Keeneland is a real positive sign. So, um, you know, that horse second off the layoff could pop a big race in here. Um, she's got some tactical speed, but she can stalk and pounce. That's probably what Pratt will try to do with her. And, you know, anything close to 15 to one, it seems pretty tasty to me on ironic twists. So she and my Kentucky girl and overcharge, if she actually goes there, you know, those are horses. I'll be, you know, using probably keen around ironic twist and Kentucky girl in this race. I, I have to second you on uh, <clears throat> ironic twist. Um, you know, that's that's a horse that I I, I I'm not going to put on top, but I, I definitely want to include. She stumbled in her last race at the beginning, and then she chased a CFR of one. Uh, so that that's like a speed favoring as you get on the racing flow scale. Um, 
and uh, you know, she doesn't get an upgrade from them for whatever reason. And it might be because another closer, a horse that well, she was, didn't uh, close. She was on the, you know, she was part of the slow pace. That's why she didn't get an upgrade. Yeah. Well, also because it was a speed favoring, I think it's um, because because they'll 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 make a distinction between first and second. You know, a second place horse is not the leader, but but the third place horse is the one that won the race. So that's why she didn't get the upgrade. Um, yeah, so it, it, it appears that she never had the lead in the race. Well, yeah, like you said, she broke slow. That's part of the problem is she always breaks slow. She's never broken alertly and that might be part of the whatever physical issues ail her or might kind of prevent her from really pushing off early. But so that's a that's a bit of a concern. But she has some tactical speed and maybe she gets away, you know, halfway decent in here and at a big price. I think she's very live. All right. Well, <clears throat> I guess that's about all we have to say on that race. I will ask the vulnerable favorites question. Who do you think are the vulnerable favorites? And uh, last week, our vulnerable favorites, the vulnerable favorites won. I, I actually picked them both, but um, uh, even Caravelle also won. So we yeah, have any vulnerable favorites that we're thinking? Go ahead. Yeah, Henry, jump in. With the um, I think I would go with the two. I, I'd go with the Ward Horse and the uh, Giants Causeway. I, I I just think that's such a wide open race. I'd be uh, against taking the favorite in there. So that that's the one I would single out. Right, that's Twilight Gleaming, who you're assuming will be the favorite. Yes, yes. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think they're all vulnerable except for in Italian. And I think the only horse she could lose to would be with the moonlight. I'm a little higher on her than you guys, but um, I think an Italian is probably going to boss the field from start to finish in there. Uh, so that would be the one I wouldn't want to bet against. Uh, the one I think is going to create the most value if you can beat it, um, that I that I think could be beat is the 12 Tarabi in the last leg. Um, you know, I think she could be beat and she's probably going to be odds on. I agree about the ward horses. That's just, you know, that those horses aren't going to be odds on. They're probably going to be five to two or so, or, you know, three to one, maybe. So beating them isn't maybe quite as, as, uh, doesn't create the same value that it would in that last leg, you know, and I also think, you know, you guys like first mission. I, I think he could win, but I don't think he's got that much better chance of winning than Disarm. Actually, I probably would pick Disarm over him as likely to win. So I don't even think he's the most likely winner. And I don't think he's much more likely, if at all, than Demolition Duke or Empire Strikes Fast. So he's pretty vulnerable. But again, you're not getting that much value by beating him. Same in that first leg. You know, Barbara Road could win, but he seems kind of weak. But I don't think he's going to be odds on or anything. In fact, I, I kind of think that the Pletcher horse, Principe Dioro, will be the favorite in there. Okay, then the next so, question I'll have. Uh, go I was ahead. just going to say, so for for me, 
the vulnerable favorite that the one you want to bet against from a value creation standpoint would be the 12 Tarabi in the last leg. That that's the one I think is the is giving you the best opportunity to make money. Okay. Any spot plays you guys have in the rest of the card? Henry, you probably looked it um, over here in the I, contest, right? Yeah, I I focused on the last five. I'll, I'll just say when you guys used to be here, we used to Lexington Day used to be the day we'd break out the uh, once a year or once every couple of years the six horse superfecta box. So I think the Giants Causeway. You leave out the ward horses and you pick six horses in there and you box them in the superfecta on, in honor of uh, Lexington State today <laughs> and maybe it hits for a big price because we had some luck from that years back. But we haven't all been here on that day in a while, but we got a positive ROI on that bet by far. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Just remember that one of those years, it was a $4,100 payoff and the favorite got second at two to one, but the winner was 70 think- to one. I think that was the Arkansas Derby or something, right? Wasn't that one? Well, one year was the Arkansas Derby. The other one was the Lexington Stakes where Wesley Ward horse won at God Scott said 70 or 80 to one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think it was, um, it might've still been on synthetic. I think it was still synthetic then. It might've been, but <laughs> it's you been, definitely it's, have a positive it's, ROI. It's, so. it's been that, it's been that long. You had them both. We, yes, we, we've yeah. been doing this long enough that we, we were all, we all hit a six-horse exacto box on the Lexington, uh, the Keeneland synth for four thousand. Um, I do have one other horse, maybe on the card to consider. Uh, it's in the fourth race. It's a claiming race for how much? Thirty thousand. Not a great race, but from a betting standpoint, there's a horse in there, Magnolia Midnight, who's six to one on the morning line. Um, probably get that on her i think is it is it a her no it's a he um he's making you know he's rounding into form this will be the third start off the layoff has a good workout i think he's going to run a big race this is, they've gelded him he's pretty well bred they gelded him so obviously he's a guy um uh before they started running in this year so this is his third star is gelding third off the layoff um and and I think he's going to run well, and six to one is pretty good value on him. So the four Magnolia Midnight in the Keeneland fourth, four in the fourth. <clears throat> okay, this is one another one of those rare weeks where I have a spot play. All right, and that spot play is in the first race. It is the one Trump Tastic. <laughs> he he improved from his first race to his second race. Now he goes two turns for the first time. His breeding says two turns. He has a bullet word coming into this. And trainer Michael Tomlinson is much more successful in Kentucky than Louisiana. Eight to one morning line. This one I will definitely have a win bet on. All right. Eight to one. That'd be a good way to start the day. Okay, well, um, it's been great talking to you guys. And, Henry, good luck in the grade one gamble. Are you playing in it, Chris? You know, I could, um, but I'm just not too jazzed about this card, uh, except for um, 
that you know that there was there's two races in sequence I kind of liked and early in the car I didn't like much so I don't know I've got to think about it uh I hate it when I have to like figure out how to get my minimum bets in before I get to the, I like it when I have a, a race I really like early on um so that I can you know bet that in the minimum either I'm out of the contest or the minimums don't matter anymore so that's I don't know I'll have to think about it um, I'm on the fence right now. Also, I have relatives that are going to be here this weekend, so I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, uh, hold on. I good... just got to look at this Keeneland fourth. Be right back. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, well, well, anyway, thanks for having me on. Thank, thank, yeah. Thanks for joining us, Henry. And that will conclude show number 220 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Keeneland or wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up. <laughs>